You're listening to Not Just Hemingway Podcast, the weekly podcast about short fiction from all around the globe. Let's keep it short and let's get started. Hi everybody, welcome to the show. If this is your first time listening to Not Just Hemingway Podcast, then thanks for coming. I'm Juke, and today my guest is Karen Gao. Karen was born in California to Chinese immigrants who settled in the US in the 1950s. She's been writing poetry since childhood, and to her it was clear that she would become a poet after graduating from college. Her parents thought that a particularly bad idea, though, so she went to law school instead and practiced law for over 25 years. In 2015, her short story Words Fly By appeared, and in 2016, Cha, that's the Asian Literary Journal, which you might have seen on the Facebook page or Twitter feed of Not Just Hemingway, published her story Mooncakes. She's the author of The Dancing Girl and the Turtle, which was published by Line and Press. She's currently working on another novel and writes essays, amongst other things. Welcome, Karen. Hi, Duke. It's fine. Your um, your bio was 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 a novel in itself. I really <laughs> had to pick and choose. I had I had lots of fun doing it. Uh, but you are you are a writer. Like I mean, words is what is what you're made of, isn't it? It's such a weird switch to to go from being a lawyer, where you use words, of course, also, but your words are weapons. Is it not as a writer? No, I, I I don't think so. At least they're not fatal. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> One could argue. You're trying to inspire people. You're trying to get their imaginations going. You're trying to make them think about the world and maybe in a slightly different way than they normally would. And as a lawyer, is well, as a lawyer, want you it, just you... want one outcome, right? You want them to agree. You want them to follow your line of thinking. Right. Right. Well, all right. Anyway, um, so since reading is such an individual personal experience, I wonder when and where do you prefer reading a short story? Well, the where is easy because I live in my bed. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We gotta... I write in bed. I read in bed. Um, I think in bed. Um, I do most of my reading, though, actual fun reading at night. So after I've done... Wait, wait, wait. You just said all these things about bed and then it sounds like a negation, but I assume you are in your bed at night as well. I'm in my bed at night also, but there's a brief moment (laughs) between dinner and bedtime (laughs) when I sit on the couch and read. um, And that's where where I do most of that, the the fun reading. What fun reading? So... The fun reading, how intriguing. So what should a short story do then? Does does it have a goal? Is there different types of reading? Um, the fun reading is, is the reading that I do for pleasure. The the sort of the work reading, the non-fun reading is um, when I read other people's manuscripts. Um, people give me their manuscripts and I comment on them or I have to prepare for a class or um, there's something that I need to read in order to do something else. So the research that I have to do, for for example, for my novels. So recreational reading. Basically. So the recreational reading is what I do on the couch in so, the evening. And in the evening, should that, does it serve a goal? Like, no. Would you need to relax or do you want to be taught something new? Or? Um, I want to be taken on a journey. And I don't really care where I go. And it, it, it could also be in a different time. It could even be, even be in outer space. I read almost everything. As long as it's not something that I think, oh, I've been here before. I know these people. Um, been there, done that. I don't want that experience. Wow. I, I have all these assumptions that I could now feel I'm like, oh, yes, no, of course, because, you know, you're a fifth generation. because And so you want to go to new places. But this is 
purely imagination <laughs> happening in my mind. Um, I always ask the, the, the writers that I have here in the studio to nominate a short story that we will then discuss. And you decided upon Afternoon at the Bakery by a Japanese author, Yoko Ogawa. Now, before we go deeper into the story, do you read foreign authors regularly? Is that part of your, I want to be somewhere else? Definitely. Before? I'm actually consciously looking for writers who are neither American nor British, um, in part because I'm trying to access a different literary canon. So writers in India, for example. We agree. Yes. That's, that's the whole purpose <laughs> of this podcast is read something you don't know. You might be yeah. so surprised in a good way. Books, if they're written well, books are in conversation with other books. And if you read from your own culture, then you're only going to read books that are talking to each other. And if you read outside of that that literary um, history, culture, then you're going to meet all kinds of new writers that you've never heard of and who are um, making references to historical or cultural events that you don't know about either. Do you then look it up if you if you get spelled out or assume that there's a, a reference, a cultural reference? Do you Do you go online and try to find... I write book More reviews about. for pretty much everything that I read, and when I do that, then I will start looking things up um, and trying to find um, a context to put the book into. When I'm actually reading it, that's, that would be too bad. That, that would really spoil the fun of looking things up. Okay. Um, so, The Afternoon at the Bakery, can you tell us what the story is about? It's a very short piece. Um, like a lot of Japanese short stories, they tend to be on the maybe 10 pages long or even shorter. And this is a seemingly innocuous event. There's a, a, a woman who has recently come to town. She goes into a bakery because she wants to buy some strawberry shortcakes. Um, it takes a while for her to get served, and eventually she gets them and she leaves. That's the whole story. But. <laughs> But. <laughs> There's something seriously wrong with this woman, um, and that is also revealed in the story. Um, what has happened to her, why she's um, obsessed with these particular forms of pastries when... The I, th I think we could we could give a bit away. So um, she had a son. She did. Um, And... Yeah, no, so so I'm, I'm not going to give away why she wants a pastry, but she had a son um, who I think hid, if I remember correctly, hid in a fridge. Um, and died. Right. And and you don't know that initially as a reader. So every, every I don't know, paragraph, two paragraphs, there's a little bit more that's being fed in and it just gets bigger and bigger. And where initially you think there's just, just this woman at a bakery, um, it gets more distorted and more disturbing, really, what has happened and only later being filled in and what the impact has been on right. the mom. Right. It's really very well done. Um, it, I, I think it's the reason why I picked it was for two reasons. So there's, and, and they're both actually because of Japanese, the way the Japanese write. So they pick on these really subtle details. Um, they don't describe everything in the room. They pick one thing to describe. So we get this really elaborate description of the strawberry shortcakes. Um, it starts out with this description of, of the square that the that the bakery's on, and we see three or four things. Um, we see an ice cream stand, we see a, a, a drinking fountain, uh, we see a clock tower, and these items come back in the other stories, and they begin to echo and resonate with each other. And they also begin to get really 
creepy. Yes. <laughs> the other thing that the Japanese are so good at, and that happens, that, that has to do with the creepiness, is that they, there's almost, there's no gore in, in any of these short stories. There are 11 of them. Yeah, because wait, I, I can I read it. It comes from uh, a bundle revenge. And yeah, it's that's the title. Yeah, so, so the, the title is uh, revenge. Um, the story again was Yoko Ogawa, and it's the publisher. I can read it from here. It's vintage. At least that's the 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 one I have. Yeah, I have an an older one because this is actually my second time reading. So what Ogawa was doing is she's talking about violent events she's talking about revenge which is the ugliest of human emotion emotions um, and people actually do get get killed in, in these stories in acts of revenge but they um it's not a splatter movie it's it's all really under the surface and it's it's cool and it's calm and it's subdued and yet you get the sense of violence under the the surface um, and I think that's a that's a really cool thing to be able to do. So it sounds, you literally said, you read more Japanese writers? I don't read exclusively Japanese writers, but I've been actually on a on sort of a Japanese kick lately. <laughs> I actually, I was um, in a bookstore yesterday and they had, I didn't know, they had the Penguin book of Japanese short stories. That just came out five days ago. Oh, gosh, and I... <laughs> I got it. <laughs> very good, very good. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Japanese short stories. I had no idea. And yeah. I thought it was so in line with, you know, knowing and I would be talking to you in the in the studio. Um, and I think, because I think this is the second Japanese short story I ever read. Mm. And the first one was, I actually think, by a Japanese immigrant in the U.S. Because I read it in a Kenyan review. You might have mm. It's a literary. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And that was really good. So I was looking forward to reading this story. Now, why, sorry, bef before I go off and what I feel and what I think, why do you think people should be buying this book or reading uh, more Japanese? Hmm. The, that almost sounds like the, you would have to have a purpose. Ah, you're right. Uh. You're right, actually. I wasn't even aware. You're right. Well... Should it's I just fill in? it's for the pleasure of of the journey. It's for the. Um, I, I think, and this isn't probably a, a total sto social, a cultural stereotype, but I think that Japanese society is difficult to penetrate for outsiders. Um, if you don't speak Japanese, if you haven't lived in the country, that it may be difficult to sort of get past the the facade. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a, actually a Japanese novelist named Ryu Murakami who is writing novels about the real Japan as he experiences it, mm -hmm. which is a Japan where people don't have jobs for life, where there is a lot of misery and loneliness um, because people can't find partners. Um, there's a lot of life on the street because people have chosen that um, above the sort of regimented life in Japan that we see from the outside that looks so... Organized. Serene and prosperous, and yeah, or highly organized. So, Japanese short stories are a way of kind of getting an idea of what it's really like on the inside. Live on the surface. Now, as a fourth generation um, Chinese immigrant in the U.S., and you said you know you want to read new things. What 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 culture do you define with? Well, I'm actually, officially I'm first generation. 
I think I'm older than you think I am. Yeah, no, you are. You know, you you are right. Sorry, you said you your your parents were Chinese immigrants. Yeah, well, that would make you then what second generation? Um, they count by the first generation that is actually born in the states. I don't know if that's okay. something specific to the U.S. Um, could very well be. So I definitely identify as American. So at the beginning of the sentence, when you said I definitely, I thought now it's gonna ha- now it's gonna be Chinese, but it's American. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, are there parts of the world you haven't read? Africa, Australia, South America, I don't know. Like So apparently Asia is sort of covered. You mentioned India, you mentioned uh, Japanese. I assume you've read some Chinese. Yep. Yep. Uh, you mentioned American and um, UK. Any any continents that you've never read anything from? Um, I don't think there's a continent where I've read nothing, um, but I... I don't care for the Russians. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Um, but I love the South Americans. And apparently that's... Um, I, you like either one or the other, but you very few people like both. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to scribble this down. I'm going to give this some thoughts before I just start <laughs> blurring, blurring, blurring opinions. <laughs> no, me neither. I'm not, a, oh, I'm not a big fan of Chekhov, although most people are. Um And I've read this beautiful anthology of uh, Latin American female writers. Mm-hmm. I wish I could now just drop the name, but I can't. I don't have it in my head. Oh, but I... Oh. There's also culture, of course. I mean, Russia is so close to my home country that if you do anything right. book literature related, it's, you know, it's Germany, it's Russia. It's just part of what you ought to be reading. Yeah, yeah. But there are also huge um, swaths of Africa that I I think I need to... To delve into more. Somebody told me that Nigeria, South Africa, and I think one other country sort of breathe in all the oxygen because they write in English. And so it's easier to find their books outside of Africa, whereas the rest of the continent gets almost no traction um, because their works have first have to be translated into whatever language and True. and then they enter into the international market. Well, yeah. of course, I'm not going to tell you. You have to go to the website. <laughs> I mean, it's too easy to let go to not just Hemway.com because I'm actually trying to read one short story from every country in the world. I saw your list. Yeah, so yeah. there, but it's but it's true. Nigeria has a very um, um, active literary um, world. I mean, there's, there's, there's it's quite a rich a tradition as well, and and they do write in English. Plus, they you know they've had so many people uh, fleeing the country over the last say 40, 50 years. Um, who went to either the US or to the UK? So you know, right. they have they have the uh, the entrance too. But yeah, no, it's it's hard work to try and and find them. Granta does a good job Absolutely. with the African short story, though. Anyway, let's go back to the bakery. Because um, why is this story so good? What is it? Is it is it the quietness? Is it the horrendousness? Why? Well, if you look at the so the first chapter. The first paragraph um, mm-hmm. sounds really innocuous. A beautiful Sunday, and, and everything is beautiful and clear, and everything is lovely, and there's sunlight, and yeah, it's Love like it's like the, the beginning sunlight. of a romantic Hollywood film. And then you see, and then she ends that just one that first paragraph with, and the the base of the clock tower is covered with pigeon droppings, and yeah. you think, hey, it is a scratch on that. So then the next paragraph is also, you know, beautiful and idyllic and families and babies and the same sort of the scratch comes in. So she builds it up really slowly. 
um, so that you're not actually quite sure as a reader what sort of a story it is that you're going to be getting. Is this going to be sort of a, a happy tale about families? Is this going to be some sort of um, commentary, social commentary? For me, it was even confusing from the very beginning whether I was in Japan. Because I imagined sure. a Glockenspiel. You know, one of those yeah, yeah, clocks yeah, yeah, that yeah. you find in Austria and the little, you know, the little people come out when the clock chimes. Um, and there is actually a little parade that comes out um, of soldiers, a chicken and a skeleton. Yes, that was really weird. <laughs> that was really, I, I thought that was the cultural difference there. I was like frowning and thinking, mm, not sure about that. Yeah. Well, but cultural differences to um, human behavior, which is sort of universal, what I liked, she sort of drops a bomb. She says, you know, I want to buy this and that. So I'm buying it for my son and it's his birthday. And, you know, you get this, this nice social chit-chat. Now nice. And, you know, what's his age? And he, she goes like, well, six, he'll always be six. He's dead. It's like dropping a bomb. It's, 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 right. not, it's unfriendly. It's a very rude thing to do, at least in my world, in my culture. Um, and then what I found surprising is that the assumption on how human behavior goes in the interaction She's done this before, you learn. She's, she's, she's more often just dropped it to see how people react. And maybe she makes her feel better. You know, she's lost her son. And maybe this is a way to open up and find some random stranger to talk about it. And maybe that helps her. And I find it very well put what she expects as a reaction. And that she's taken off guard because she does not get the reaction she usually gets. And that's like, that's when, you know, when short stories are so good in, in defining human behavior. And in this case, also in, in cultural taboos. Yeah, I thought it was... Still think actually this is one of the reasons why I thought right. Um, I first had this short story. Now I'm going to go to the bookshop and see what else is there. It's it's really well done because it makes you think about your own behavior. Um, and if you know people who have uh, loved ones who passed away, and how you do react, and there's there's actually quite a few taboos around that. Yeah. In my Dutch culture, I don't know about your, <laughs> um, but I'm not talking for myself in that way. I I think I've learned. At least I blinked twice and thought about my own behavior, which I think is always a, a good thing. Anyway, so do you think about this story a lot or, or, or about um, the revenge in, in, in as a whole? Like, Do you ponder after you finish reading a story? So I came back to this story. I think I must have bought this when it came out in... Uh, well, my edition is from 2013, so I probably read it at that time. And then I picked it up again just this last year. But I had been thinking about it um, because I was working on my first novel, The Dancing Girl and the Turtle, which is also about violence. Um, it's hard to, well, so there are two extremes. There's the, there's the violence, there's the splatter movie, kind of Halloween, mm -hmm. Friday the 13th kind of approach, um, which can be really gross. Uh, but there's a market for gross, mm -hmm. so you can choose that. Um, but I didn't really want to go there. I wanted to be a little bit more subtle. But I also didn't want to be dishonest mm -hmm. about the violence. And so I was thinking about what Ogawa had done in these short stories um, and how she'd handled that. There's, um, there's a bleakness to these characters, um, that she does really well, that still makes you want to connect with them. And that's also very difficult to do. Um, yeah, that's masterful. I mean, if you can do that. 
to depict um, an unsympathetic character and still make the reader engage. That's that's a real true craft. Last question: What are you reading now? Well, I just finished reading "Go Went Gone" by oh. Jenny Erpenbeck, mm-hmm. um, which I loved. Uh, again, because it took me to a place that I didn't know. Um, the refugee crisis, um, and specifically in Germany, in Berlin, the the protests. Um, and I'm starting a collection of essays and photographs that's been published by the Shanghai Literary Review. It's called Concrete, and it's about um, Chinese cities today. Oh, haven't Sounds interesting. I will write that down, and I'll put it in the podcast notes. Thank you, Karen. You're welcome. And thank you for listening to Not Just Hemingway, the podcast about short stories from all over the world. Come back often and feel free to subscribe or add the podcast to your favorite RSS or iTunes. Visit www.notjusthemingway.com for show notes, including links to two short stories of Karen. You can also follow Not Just Hemingway on Twitter and Facebook.